0: It is March Madness, everybody. People are gathered around the television watching college basketball as we speak, unless you're watching this in April, and it doesn't make any sense to be saying that, but it is March Madness. The one thing, though, I will say for anybody that was expecting the Chicago Bears to go out there and make a flurry of deals, it absolutely has not happened. Ryan Poles came out right during his introductory press conference, even laid out the plan that he was going to take a slow, methodical approach to free agency and then kept to his word. That's exactly what he's done this far during free agency. And, of course, Bears fans are upset. When Ryan Pace was out there throwing around money, like a guy who just landed at McCarran Airport in Las Vegas and is just throwing around money, buying Patron shots for everybody at the airport bar Ryan Poles has done the exact opposite. It's been a slow, methodical approach, and I want to tell everybody right now that it's cool. Everything is going to be okay. We are going to have a team in September. Don't worry about it. Don't get too worked up about it, but we are going to go through some of the moves that they have made so far. And as a matter of fact, let's cut to the chase. Sammy, let's start the show. Turn Turn up your volume because you're about to listen to the sick, podcast the sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Welcome to the sick podcast. It is me, Adam rank. We've got a great show for you today. As again, we are working our way through bears free agency. Not only are the bears, uh, you know, going through and making some moves, the NFL landscape is getting ready to be shifted a little bit. Deshaun Watson has not yet been traded as we're recording this. Deshaun Watson has not been traded, but based on what happened last week, that moments after we shut down the podcast, Khalil Mack was traded. I expect there to be a flurry of moves once we log off, so you know what? That, that's the kind of stuff that happens. So in any event, let's uh, let's bring on our first guest, uh, our first recurring guest. Uh, and you know what, George? I got to be honest with you. This is this has caused some dissension in the Tape Never Lies Network. You know, I, I said, I got to get Berlissimo back on one more time. I felt bad because we were shortchanged a little bit because, number one, uh, we didn't get through everything we wanted to talk about. And number two, we didn't get a chance to talk about Khalil Mack. And number three, Phil and uh, Shane are upset that you're back, but thank you very much for rejoining us. George, how are you doing?
1: I'm, I'm not sure they're upset that I'm back. It's, it's maybe that um, we, we want to keep the tinder dry on some of the gunpowder we've got to release later ourselves. So I think there's a bit of that, but I'm, I'm doing well. I mean, it's a lot of consternation about what, what hasn't happened more than what has, I think. I think, which is, you know, for a general manager, is a pretty good sign. If people are worried about what you haven't done rather than what you have done, well, then you haven't done something bad yet. So you know, there's, there's always there's always a silver lining to uh, to any action or inaction. It seems these days. But um, he did, like you said, he, he told us what he's going to do, and that's what he's doing. And there's still plenty of value there, and there's there's some things to like with the guys that he's signed so far.
0: Yeah. What do you think, though, when you see a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars who have been very active in free agency? Are you kind of looking at the money that they're spending, the money they gave to guys like Christian Kirk, and you're kind of relieved in a sense that that Ryan Poles has actually taken a more methodical approach?
1: I am because there's nothing worse than sort of being desperate and having to overpay. Um, and it's, you know, necessity is, is the driver of, of overpaying. And the Jaguars have been in such a bad spot with so many gaping holes. And now they've got the cap money behind them. They've got the draft picks. Yeah, you know, they've had the. Uh, they've got the quarterback in camp. Now they see that the time is for them to make a splurge. But to be honest, that they were a long way away from being a contender last year, and I'm not sure that you know adding a Christian Kirk at the money that they have done is going to put them over that edge. So you, bad teams have to spend to get people in. When I say bad teams. When the Bears signed Alan Robinson, we we paid well over the odds. When we signed yeah. Mel, uh, Mike Glennon, you know we we outbid ourselves two or yeah. three times. It seems so. The Jaguars overpaying to get people in is is not something that's new in the NFL. It's it's not something that's even or should be new to Bears fans. It's something that the Bears have done themselves. But the, the sign of a team that's that's kind of got it together is either those that are, are just making trade for pieces because everything else is there or those are, you know, accumulating draft picks, letting people walk away in free agency because they're already developing the next person in line behind them. And that's why you see the same teams year in, year out, keep getting these uh, compensation picks because that's what they've been doing. They've been drafting well, they've been developing guys and then they go away because we're not gonna, you know, have massive cap on on part players. We're gonna spend the cap on the guys that we really have to keep, you know, people like quarterbacks and left tackles and edge rushes, things like that. And that's the pieces that I tend to keep. And then the bit part players, I let walk away and replace them with the guys that they've got going through that
0: chain. You know, one of the premier players in the NFL and a, obviously a premier player for the Chicago bears, Khalil Mack was traded just mm-hmm. after the show that we did last week. What did you make of that deal? I understand it,
1: but you, you know, you may not like it, but you understand it. And it's, yeah you know, Khalil Mack when he's on, is. Unblockable. Like, there's a, there's a very few players in the NFL that are like it that can, you know, speed rush past one, speed to power another, run through another block and then make a tackle with his back on, <laughs> on your, your, your arch nemesis. And Khalil Mack is one of them. But the problem is the last two years, he's been playing through, you know, fairly significant injuries, by all accounts, playing through them and still playing well, but not playing up to the the value. And when you're a team, like I mentioned, a team that needs to develop those other pieces to get better depth, to get better pieces in all, more different spots. You can't have too much money tied up in one spot. And the Bears have got, well, or had something like 45, nearly 50 million in cap tied up at edge Edgerusher on a 3-4 scheme, which has now been changed to a 4-3. Um, you know, cover two, Nick, uh, you know, nickel or 4-3 base. That's what we're changing to. Yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to have Khalil Mack on one side, and, and uh, Robert Quinn on the other, but it's it's good to get that money, which Ryan Pace, as we mentioned last time, the, the problem with Pace was that he doubled down on Nagy and players that Nagy couldn't get to work or the, you know losing Vic Fangio and then Pagano couldn't get to work was keep throwing money and pushing it down the line, keep throwing money and pushing it down the line. Well, sooner or later, that, that, that rooster comes home to, to, to nest and... Uh, there it is crowing away in the background when you when you've got a sickly bird that, um, yeah. that isn't running anymore, and, and you've got to you've got to make a decision that um,
0: now is the time to get what you can, cut the bait, and then be healthier for next year. What about Gibson, who last year came in and played very well? It feels like you know with the moves that they've made, they've also released Eddie Goldman, Bilal Nichols. Mm. It feels like the replacements that they have are ready to step up right now, and they get considerably younger and considerably cheaper. It feels like a kind of a win.
1: Chris Tonga, in your seventh-round draft pick last year, Chris Tonga, the nose tackle, made Eddie Goldman replaceable. Eddie Goldman had you know, signed a massive contract when he threw a nose tackle, a massive contract when he re-signed with the Bears. It was made expendable by a seventh-round rookie out of BYU, who um, was an older rookie, but you know nevertheless came in and played really well. Uh, Travis Gibson, fifth-rounder. Who um, came in in very limited action, and and again, heavens know knows why based upon the, what he did when he was on the field, and he is a four three end. That's what he was in Tulsa. That's what he's going to be with the Bears this year. Um, you know, he came in bit part duty and got seven sacks. So there's lots of things to like, and he plays the run very well as well, Travis Gibson, because of his length and strength. And he spent the last two years working almost exclusively with Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack, and you can see it on the tape in terms of some of the moves that he's making, the way that he plays the game. So, you know, Arrow pointed up there. So, as you said, having those guys come in, that's the whole point of what I think Ryan Poles wants to move towards. Younger guys, and the the free agency as well, the guys who are going to be signing second and third waves of people that are going to want a second bite of the cherry that got something to prove. He said that. He's actually openly said that in the press conference. So, the people that we've got coming in like the linebacker that we signed from the raiders um morrow he's he's coming off and off a year that he was not playing he was ready to play yeah. in the playoffs but the raiders kind of you know raiders yeah um yeah. and so they didn't get to play in the second round but he was ready for that and he is a guy that is you think about pairing alongside roquan smith and you've got almost a mirror image um of roquan smith incredibly fast he's if anything He's more physical between the tackles than Roquan Smith is, but equally as good a coverage defender. So that for the when we talk about the Bears, you know, are they in rebuild or are they in retool? To me, it looks more like retool if these guys stay healthy, and that's one of the key things. You know, Ogunjobi has managed to stay healthy in, in a position that is very demanding on the body, so that's a positive thing. Uh, Lucas Patrick's coming on the offensive line has been solid in three positions on the interior, so he gives you flexibility. Plus, knowing the scheme. Plus knowing the opponent um up north that are now going to have a punter that used to be on the bears so um pat o'donnell yeah there's there's something to worry about not (laughs) Um, but at the end of the day like i say i mean there's lots of things to like about the the people that we have signed so far and there's there's room still for optimism in terms of value in the market and people are talking about a retail addition by subtraction Matt Nagy is gone. We now have an offensive coordinator who is very competent by all accounts, an ascending uh, uh, quarterbacks coach who's also, you know, OC material, you know, that replacement coming in sort of after. We have a defense which fits to being able to play better with lesser talent, providing everyone buys into the Iberflus, yeah, hits, hits, mantra yeah. because you've got to be physical you've got to float to the ball and you've got to have 11 hats on the ball at all times that's the thing that people got to buy into too many times last year we saw the safeties roaming god knows where we saw linebackers not not sure who they're going to cover in zone we saw yeah, you know, defensive guys the defensive line were getting after it and the two inside linebackers were getting after it but apart from that we saw a lot of um lack of communication and lack of lack of sort of um effort towards the second half of the season and the Bears were still close. So yeah. for people that are all doom and gloom, addition by subtraction, a better defense which suits uh, moderate talent to get the best out of them, and an offense now that's going to be at least not psychotic up in, it. in it, yeah. Yeah, not, not psychotic in the play calling the way, the way that was sort of uh, just spilling a wheel of misfortune and seeing what you know, whether we come up bankrupt or whether we come up first down on, on uh, you know, a play action reverse sweep jet motion.
0: Yeah. it always felt like Matt Nagy's play calling was a lot like my golf swing where he was like, I hope this works. (laughs) I hope. Yeah. Like I just hope like this is going to be okay, but you know, it's funny because everybody of course was focused on the offense. They, 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 they came out and said, we're going to surround Justin Fields with as much talent as possible. But as you mentioned, the first move that they make was to bring in Ogunjobi and I think it's a good move. I think it was very important for this defense. What did you think of the signing?
1: Yeah, three tech. I mean, uh, those that remember the Tommy Harris defense and, and uh, Tank Johnson defense, you've got to have an, a, a stout interior defensive line that can that can get across from the snap of the ball, get through gap penetration, cause havoc in that interior part of the pocket to force the quarterback back and to clog up the yeah. run lines in the interior, keep the linebackers clear, on the run plays. And on the pass players, allow your edge defenders to go, you know, bend that edge and get around the corner, which Robert Quinn does fantastically. Trevis Gibson does very well. Gives them a chance to get the sacks. Plus, you can then throw in a blitzer every now and again, which, to be fair, Iberflus didn't do that much. But with Morrow and with with Roquan Smith, you've got two very, very effective blitzers that get there in a hurry. Um, with the defensive backs that we've already got, the young players, again, people not having an opportunity to shine. Thomas Graham came on last last at the end of last year. Played fantastically well at boundary corner. He's yeah. built for a cover two. That that is him. You know the tape study, knowing where people are, knowing where people that can threaten his zone that are coming from other areas, and knowing when his you know his zone responsibility is redundant and being able to then go and help out in other zones. So again, you know, lots of positivity in terms of the defense side of things with guys that weren't getting opportunities last year. That are going to get opportunities this year. The, yeah, best five is going to play on the offensive line. The best wide receiver is going to play. The best running back is going to play. The best quarterback is going to play. It's it's that simple. They're not tied in to any stigma over who was drafted by who, who was signed by who. The, yeah. All of that's gone now. It's the best guys going to play.
0: Yeah, and you know, and Ogundjioye has been so effective during his time in the NFL. Do you have some some tape to show us yeah, we, to kind of can, illustrate?
1: we can show we can show a couple and and hopefully I won't get into team with trouble about doing it, but we, if you want to pull up are the we, tape.
0: yeah like I don't want draft Dr Phil to get upset with us but Sammy, do no, we have I, some tape I can do a couple I know we're we're friendly we're one play I know and by the way if you hear it in the background uh my friends are out watching March Madness so uh there might be some things but what are we looking at right here against the san francisco 49ers so, so
1: here's Joby in, in the position that we want him to be playing in, which is, which is a three-tech. So for those that, that don't know, just to you know to dumb it down a bit, you've got one, two, so zero is there, which is nose tackle. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So that's the positions. These are the techs. That's one tech. That's a three-tech. Three-tech is what we want him to play, so it's between guard and tackle, and the, the whole point is... Is to get what we what we want to do on defense is to get you know guard and tackle sort of guard and center you know blocking one guy or this guy who's a bluff, and they want to isolate at least one of these people. So you're getting one for one blocks rather than two for one blocks, particularly when you've got a back in the backfield. So what you see is this guard has to sort of set to where he is. So he does what you call a, um, a zone step, which is just basically his right foot goes out by itself, pushes off that left towards the player, but you can see Joby's already coming towards this gap with a hand to swipe, this inside hand, to, to then free himself in this gap. The nose tackle is also playing this this shade, and we've got a blitz there. So we know in terms of that's going to be single here, that's going to be single here. He has to take him. So we're going to see a bit of a drift on this side of the line, which means hasty, the, the running back's going to sort of look up the middle, at 24, and you can see he's sort of saying, well, okay, well, I don't have a blitzer coming. My job is now to get out. But as you can see from Ogunjobi, this move of sort of, you know, starting from wide, that first step deep into the actual, so across the line of scrimmage in this direction, across the line of scrimmage towards where he's just come from. There comes that, that hand swatting there on the inside and then dip and rip underneath, that power there. And then you see his right leg goes stiff. He pushes up, uses his leverage to get the, you know, past the, the guard. You've got the centre now thinking, oh, my God, this guy's got penetration. I need to go and help. He does, and there's a hold. Yeah. But it, but it doesn't matter. Job just literally pushes his way <laughs> through. You know, so we're, what, five yards into the backfield already, five, six, seven-yard loss. From a three tech, so just literally speed off the mark, power, using leverage, fighting the double team, willing himself through the gap to get the sack there. Yeah, and it and, it. yeah. And that's that's exactly the job that we're going to want him to do in this defense is to get across the line of scrimmage, and to cause havoc. You know, if the center doesn't respect the fact that he's going to shoot a gap, then he's going to be through the gap, and that's the whole thing. He's going to be that quick off the line. It's going to make it anytime you get an offensive lineman thinking more that's generally speaking that's a good thing for the defense so and and he does that just literally as i say with his athleticism and you know his speed to get through um
0: just one more oh, i guess again, one more. again get, yeah, Don't what, get feel upset with that no this is more? this is
1: this is the last one so so here he is this time We've got um Seattle starting quarterback or how it seems at the moment he's going to be Seattle starting to quarterback Drew Locks, the motion goes across. You see, you see the zones. Again, so you're getting everyone doing the same thing here. So it's just basically like a like a slant is what you're getting on the defensive line. Again, that penetration, fighting the double team. And that, that shock there on the guard, you see him fight both hands off at the same time. And the center's already turned away from him, which is bad news for for.
0: Teddy uh, Teddy Bridgewater yeah, isn't it? It's Bridgewater, yeah. It's not. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, back, so it's the backup backup QB going over.
0: I thought you were making so, a joke that Bridgewater was going to end up in Seattle too, and I'm like, oh, that makes sense.
1: <laughs> no, no, it's just purely I just um, I didn't look at the number right. But um, so that's just a couple of a couple of instances, just sort of showing again the same thing. Being able to quickly get across the line of scrimmage violently with the hands, just get the guard completely off him, and then he's through the gap and finishes and he did that seven times from defensive tackle last year and it was a combination of him playing nose tackle one and three so he played all three interior spots that we would really sort of look at him uh playing he played all three of them and he did them effectively so uh, a great signing as I say so that's that's the tape
0: yeah you know and it's and again going back to what you were talking about with the lovey smith tommy harris type defenses watching him there I know the helmets are orange but with the with the dark pants it's like I remember seeing that all the time for the Bears defense during the Levy Smith era. And I think we're going to see a, a, an awful lot again this year. Let me ask you though, do you feel, because I, you know, we had Dave Kluge on Tuesday night and we were talking about this a little bit, guys like Eddie Jackson, guys like Robert Quinn, of course, carry high cap hits. Do you think that we're done releasing players? Do you think that those guys are are safe for the most part and we'll see them playing for the Bears in 2022?
1: I think, I think releasing to get to a position that we want to be in to sign people, we're done with that. What we will see now is potentially waiting for teams that need pieces, so pieces that we're willing to get, let go of um, yeah. sort of later into the, you know getting in towards the preseason, getting into start of the season and possibly up to the trade deadline because then everything is post-June 1st anyway in terms of cut. In terms of league, you're allowed to do two designation post-June 1st cuts, but you can do... Post them anyway. You can you can release players, and as you see teams do every single year, it's into the next league year. Then so that's what you'll you'll probably see.ing That the candidates for that, I think, uh, that remain on the roster is probably Cody Whitehair, depending upon you know what type of guard we can get. <clears throat> a guy yeah. who's had a, two down years on a row, um. But you know we'll see what he does with uh, Coach Morgan, the offensive line coach for the Bears, and with the interior, you know. The Luke the, Pat, the uh, Patrick signing kind of gives you a bit of leeway in terms of is he going to play center? Yeah, he'd probably be starting center day one right now for us over Mustafa. Uh, yeah. But we still need we still need a right guard. We still need uh, an improvement at left guard for me. Um, and Eddie Jackson's the other one. You know, for team coming towards uh, the playoffs wants a, a ball hawking safety uh, that can play the deep center field like a, a one eye um eddie jackson is that just don't ask him to come down in the box and you know, be a physical player because that's it's not his wheelhouse it never was at alabama yeah. and it, it hasn't been in the nfl it's not what he's built to do he's built to be deeper in the field and take the ball away which is what he excelled at which is why he got the extension so a team looking for that you know if they come in and sort of say yeah we'll give you a first round next year and a third or something, you know, ridiculous, then yeah. you say, yeah. But if he's playing well, then you keep him. It's just one of those – there's no urgency now for the Bears to have to do something with how they sit currently with the Cup.
0: Yeah, and I guess, you know, when when you get into the season, you'll have a sense of the way that the year's unfolding as well. And we thought about that, you know, and I talked about because I had always wanted to keep Khalil Mack. And I thought, like, the sense of it was like, of course, keep him. I think what the Chargers offered was great. Like, we're getting a second and we're getting rid of all that money. That's a move that you have to Ooh. make, even as, as tough as it is to see one of your favorite players leave. But sometimes the business of football just has to take over. The one thing, though, that I think the Bears fans have been the most upset about is the lack of progress on the offensive side of the football. But I do want to give you a little bit of credit here. You called the Lucas Paul signing. Uh, we were trading DMs. I know you tweeted it out. Uh, that you, you screen grabbed it. You, you 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 thankfully took out all the naughty words I was saying ahead of that before you showed everybody. But what are we getting there? I, I think that that was a definite improvement, and I I, I think it was a good move. Packers O
1: lineman, generally speaking, are, are well coached, and they they are crafty as well. I would say um, they cheat the,
0: is what you're saying.
1: Well, they, they get the benefit of the referees' love um, is is what the way I would phrase it, but. Um, Lucas Patrick, I mean, what what we get with him is um, craft and aggression on the interior of the offensive line. So he's very adept. I mean, he can snap the ball fine. He can play centre absolutely legitimately. And the one thing that he he does have is um, he has a want to block. He has good athleticism, generally speaking, at the position. And he's able to get out in front on the zone, the zone scheme that we're running, and both pass block which he needs to make sure he keeps his feet active there. That's the one area that at times he he does sort of get a little bit stale with his feet. But um, generally speaking, a good run blocker um, can block and nose tackle one-on-one, which is, again, something that Bears weren't able to do last year. And he's very good at what we call combo blocking, zone blocking. So the first guy comes up and takes half a man, second one comes and joins, and then the first man releases and the second one takes over. So whether he's first or second to that Combo block, he does both well. So in terms of getting people moving in the run game, there were several times last year Angelo Blackson, uh, Akeem Hicks, and Eddie Goldman uh, felt that impact from Lucas Patrick. So if you can block that interior, uh, we you know we had a pretty good interior last year with those guys. Yeah. If you can block that, then you can block most fronts. Um, you know, not everyone has three Aaron Donalds on their defensive line. The Rams don't even have three Aaron Donalds yeah. on their defensive line. They only have one unicorn. And uh, it, it's, again, it's a, a great move because he's going he's gonna to be a tone setter. And that aggression, other than Tevin Jenkins, who if I had tried to drum it out of him, <laughs> um, to, nobody else had that sort of uh, vim and vigor to, to go and smack people in the mouth and then follow it up with a second one if they talk back or look at, it, yeah. and look at the quarterback in an inappropriate way. So... <laughs> He, he definitely gives you that, and um, as I say, uh, in terms of the impetus, he's able to generate movement on the line of scrimmage, which is exactly what we need. So we need the attitude, we need the being able to knock people off the ball and being um, – he's very adept as well at looking for work, uh, what we call, again, looking for work. If you don't have someone to block, you go and find someone to block. He loves that because he just – there's nothing he likes more than knocking someone on the back, which – As a former offensive lineman, you've got to appreciate that um, want in a player. So very encouraging from that point of view.
0: And it feels like Ryan Poles has a a certain type of archetype that he wants Mm. on the offensive line. And I think for a lot of people, they were upset that James Daniels uh, was able to walk away. And for me, you know, I, I try to take the approach of Ryan Poles has evaluated and Ian Cunningham have evaluated this situation. They see the type of player that he is. And while talented, I think that they felt that he wasn't going to fit. And I think that it's, I don't know. I I understand that people want to get upset and they want to make, you know, you, you, you want to have an opinion about these things. But at some point, I think you have to trust the decision makers right now. there's Ryan Poles has not given us a reason to not believe in him yet. So I think it was kind of, you know, it's disappointing to see these guys go. But I, again, and I know that I come off like a shill. I think that it must have been the right move to let James Daniels go. I will root for him in Pittsburgh, but I still think that, hey, we're probably going to be better off.
1: My area of disappointment from that deal was that James Daniels, we never saw the best of him because we never saw him in the position that he played in college and was best at, which was center. We, We had him moved left guard, center, and right guard. Moved across that interior. Same thing we did with Carl Long when he came in. You know, Mm. He was a left tackle at Oregon. We moved him to right tackle, then right guard, and basically ruined the potential of what he had. The same has happened with James Daniels. Um, The one thing that can be said about James Daniels, which is possibly the reason why he's been let go, is because he wasn't seen as a great communicator on the offensive line, which is why he wasn't playing centre. And he didn't show particularly high levels of aggression, again, that we're seeing from you know the Lucas Patrick signing. So those those things the thing that you do get though is a guy that can one on one and has consistently when he's played against Aaron Donald done very well and that that's the the high watermark for me. Yeah. If you can block Aaron Donald, you can block anyone in the NFL. So whilst he might be the most might not be the most vocal, he might not be the most aggressive interior offensive lineman, he was a more competent offensive lineman than Cody Whitehair last year or Sam Mustapha so yeah. if there's gonna if there's gonna be a casualty and that you know Khalil Mack made it, so you could have re-signed him. For my mind, I, I would have thought it would have been worth worth the while, at least having him for at least one more year or a couple of years, and say, okay, you can hit free agency again. You're only 24. You can hit free agency at 26. We'll give you 30 million over the next two years, um, and, and, and you know, so you most of that money up front, so you can trade next year without a cap hit. If it doesn't work out this year, you could have at least tried a deal like that because the deal he signed with, uh, was it Pittsburgh? Yeah. The deal he, the deal he signed with Pittsburgh, I think, was only like eight, eight nine million a year. Yeah, no, so not
0: a yeah, not a big number.
1: Yeah, not, not a massive number. So it's one that I think would have been worthwhile trying him. But at the end of the day, he's gone. And the reason why is because we've got someone who's a, a bit of a glass eater that's come in from the Packers. He's gonna, you know, knock people over and enjoy doing it, and let them know. And, and if someone touches the quarterback in an inappropriate way, he's gonna go with a table and you know, drop it over the back of the head like a WWE fighter or something. But yeah, um, that, it's gonna that's gonna be
0: like Cebu. It's dropping people on tables.
1: But that's it. Or, or Bills fans um, who also Heck. do that. So it, it's it's one of those things that it, it was missing. It was missing from the offensive line and and the guys that showed that impetus, the rookies that should have been playing. All of the second half of last year, as you as you previously previously said, and other guests have previously said, those guys didn't get the opportunity, and we have too many unanswered questions on whether they can do it to not yeah. have a definite on the line. And Lucas Patrick is that, and James Daniels wasn't.
0: Yeah, that was the one thing. I think that you know initially, once without seeing what the next move was, even though you called it. I thought that if you're telling me we're trading James Daniels for Lucas Patrick, I'm like, okay, that's, that's fair. That's uh, hopefully, hopefully the, uh, the referees will still view him in the same vein. Uh, like, Hey, like he was once a Packer, let him get away with that. But I, I, again, I, I go back to the attitude and it's, and it's one of those things. And I just want to have the, I just want to have a tough football team. That is yeah. the one thing that I want. I just want a tough football team. And I know, and we get a, you know, you see it, you, you mix it up in the comments and people will be like, well, I don't want dumb penalties. And they, and I'm like, sometimes those are necessary. And yeah, you don't want, you don't want Javon Wim's type penalties and Tony Miller out there getting baited by cornerbacks, but you do want to have a a a, a number of tone setters out there to be like, I, we can't touch Justin Fields or else something is going to happen
1: yeah, dumb penalties are always worse on defense because they, they keep drives going rather than kill them. If you've got a decent offense, then if your quarterback is going to get smashed and out of the game, you're pretty much done with as a, <laughs> as a, as, as a game if your starter is out and you having to go to a backup. So if you're not going to stand up and protect your quarterback and let them know from the very outset that they can expect retribution immediately and from that point forward, if you're not willing to do that for your your franchise, which is stood behind yeah. you, um, accepting the ball from center exchange, then there is no time to do it for for anyone else. On defense, you can keep drives alive with dumb penalties, which we saw yeah. last year with the Bears. It's it's much more costly from that point of view. If you go and get a personal foul on the offense on first or second or third down, you can punt the ball away. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a problem. It, worst case scenario, you punt the ball away, you keep your QB alive, and that's <laughs> that's the difference. Is you know if someone's gonna if someone's gonna stand over you running back you push them off the ball and you help you running back up someone hits your QB, like you go and hit, you go and hit them and you hit them hard and yeah. if, if you get if you get a penalty for it you don't throw punches because you're gonna get ejected but you can legitimately you know just after the whistle or just after they've decided to hit your QB if you're the first person there because you've been hustling you, you go and lay some timber on them and uh, you deal with the flags after and again if you live to live to punt the ball
0: away, you're a happy man. And so is your QB for having someone defend him. And a lot of times too, if you're hustling and you're on the ball, like if Tevin Jenkins, and this is where the lesson should have come is like, yeah, you come in and light that guy up, let him swing on you and draw yeah. the penalty yourself. Like you, like a lot of times the first person there does not get flagged. So yeah. if you have that mentality and it feels like this is what Iberflues wants to do, have hustlers, have guys that are holding the other team accountable If that's the type of roster that we're building, I think that's good. And I, and again, it's disappointing to see some of these guys and listen, I'm with you. Like ultimately, like I wanted to keep Khalil Mack. I wanted to keep James Daniels. I like these players, but I have to have the understanding of like, you know what? This general manager knows what he's doing. He's got a vision for this. I think he's doing the right thing. And so I don't want to panic too much. And then I start looking at the wide receiver position and I'm like, okay, we still have to have wide receivers
1: it's uh, a very are, good draft it's a very what, good draft is order.
0: that but is that what we're gonna do Are we gonna draft four guys like what's gonna happen
1: no there's there's still plenty of guys out there that can be more than service no, i heard on I, Twitter I, there's I,
0: only two guys left that's it
1: uh, Well, yeah apparently i mean alleged, allegedly that's the case i mean I'm just, just quickly looking through the, the the free agents that are currently left to wide receiver um so your guy Orden is still out there you still got oh the my gosh oh. alan robbins Adam Robinson, Will Fuller, T.Y. Hilton, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Sammy Watkins, Jameson Crowder, um, Cordero Patterson, Albert Wilson to Marcus Robinson, Traquan Smith, Odell Beckham Jr. He's pretty good, so I hear. Yeah. Um, there's, there's still a number of names Sluts. out there. Marcus Marcus Valdez, Scantling. Uh, I know people talk about his drops, etc. cetera, but if Aaron Rodgers yeah. is coming out and saying he was our one consistent deep threat, yeah, probably something worth having on your on your roster, but there's plenty of guys still out there that, that could be more than serviceable at sort of a a two or a three or four on your team. You know, Darnell Don, Mooney hasn't gone anywhere as far as I'm aware. We've got Daz Newsome from last year that didn't really get a look in, that showed some ability when he did come in, um, albeit in terrible weather when he came yeah. in on the offense. Um, it's it's not all terrible, and as I say, it's a if you can get a couple of vets, the right kind of vets that can be consistent twos or threes, as long as you've got three yeah. people that you can throw to, it's not a problem. Yeah, I... am this- you know, Run the ball first. We've got pretty good running backs. That opens yeah. up play action just in fields. And if there isn't anyone open or if they're not going to catch the ball, he'll just take off himself.
0: Yeah, you know, and there's a there's a lot... There's a lot of uh, great options already. Still a, or a lot of great options out there. I mean, just going through that list. I know that if we sign somebody like Juju Smith-Schuster, I'm ready to to, to draw the sword and to go out on Twitter and, and defend this move. But it's like, we've seen everybody spend audacious amounts of money and mm-hmm. the bears have been very, very wise. I think to stay out of that. Like I like Christian Kirk, like I'm, I'm a fan of his, but for the money that he's getting paid to go to Jacksonville, it's like, dude, you could have just signed MVS. Like he would do the same job for you. Cause he's just a field stretcher. And I think that the, ba- I, I think it'll be okay. Like it, that, I feel like that's what I keep repeating on these shows on Twitter is like, it's going to be okay. We're not starting the season on Monday. We've got plenty of time to fill There's these rosters. Of There's plenty yeah. of time. Who do you want to see that? I, I know we, are, we actually talked about this, but it, is there anybody that as we're now one week through free agency, uh, some of the scuttlebutt out there, is there one guy we're like, well, maybe we should take a look at him.
1: Well, the, the guys that I kind of think that we should be taking a look at are, are ones that are going to be knowledgeable to the system. So a, a guy that, again, has, doesn't seem to have any mention at all. Um, Gerald Everett, uh, the, the tight end, because yes. we do we do need a bit of help at tight end. I think, is Tonyan a restricted free, free agent? I'm I think he's sure. restricted.
0: I think they did give him a tender.
1: Yeah, so Tonyan no, Tonian is a UFA, so Tonian is a UFA. Oh, my gosh, Okay. Yeah, so Robert Robert Tunian would make an absolute ton of sense for the Bears, um, given the fact that he knows he knows Getzy, he knows the offense that, that he's going to want to run the way he's going to want to run it. Traquan Smith is a guy that I really like for a West Coast offense yeah. based system uh, out of the Saints. Uh, again, he, one of the younger free agents that's out there, very good, consistent wide receiver, and Valdez Scantling to sort of to stretch the field. But you've still got fallback positions like you know Equanimee Saint Brown would make some. Yeah. Makes some sense as a depth piece. I'm not talking about as an alpha number no, one yeah, yeah, wide yeah. receiver, and I think I think that's where the Bears are going to have to focus their attention on the first pick of the draft or, or second at the very least. One of their two second round picks is going to be an alpha type wide receiver that they're going to have to go and get early, so that they've got their one in waiting, um, you know, on the roster for. A relatively cheap price um i think that's more like because there, there isn't really other nan robinson now on the market julio jones you could probably say still fits that even at the age that he is that um, a legitimate number one wide receiver in the nfl those are the guys and, and julio jones wouldn't cost you um compensatory draft picks because he was released so again there's some there's some options out there
0: and, would and you the thing, what, 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 what let me ask you about julio though like i i i get it like he's a big name but I still think that if Julio is healthy, I think whatever you get out of him, he would be a great addition. Like I, I think that would be a a, a wise pickup.
1: Yeah, if, if you at the end of the day, the the guy consistently throughout his career has, has produced not just as a speed guy, but as a as a move the chains, as a touch. Well, not so much red zone. It seems in his career, he hasn't got yeah. the he hasn't got the, t- the touchdowns, but Never, not yeah. in the red z- Not in the red zone, but the, the ones he has got have generally been. Big gains, but in terms of someone who's going to be consistently productive, then, yeah, he's definitely that. But the, he will take the attention of, of one wide receiver, and that's, that's the key for, yeah, you want the production. The production has to be there to a degree, but not every wide receiver is going to get 1,600 yards and 11 touchdowns every year. And if you're spreading the ball out um, to a greater number of receivers and you're getting four or five wide receivers get four or five touchdowns, That's probably a healthier offense than one guy that is getting twelve, and you've got nothing else on your on your roster as wide receivers. It's it's far more difficult to take one piece away uh, to take five pieces away than it is to take one. And if you're able to spread the ball about, spread the touchdowns about, then it means the defense has to worry about more parts.
0: No, absolutely, and I know that it. You know, I always feel I always have to check myself because obviously. I delve into fantasy football quite a bit. So when I see things like Julio and Darrington Evans, who we signed recently, you know, talking about him. Yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, if it's, if it's, you know, if it's not going to cost us a lot of money, I think that it's worth having. He is the kind of player that I would absolutely go out there and buy his Jersey and throw it on and be like, you know, what, if nothing else, we can, at some point when he's going into the hall of fame, be like, yeah, he played for the bears. Like he was, he was our jared allen when he eventually gets in or something like that but i think he could be very productive you did mention though talking about taking a alpha with one of our two first round or one of our two second round picks what do you think about taking wide receiver wide receiver is that a possibility for the bears in the second round
1: depending upon who they are yeah i mean absolutely if you think if you're thinking about and again you need different types really you wouldn't go after the yeah. same type so um guy that i absolutely love and and think is Complete alpha that is looking like he's probably going to be there in round two is George Pickens, the wide receiver out of out of Georgia. He's an alpha, he's a number one wide receiver in the NFL for me. But then, names after that you're looking at is like John Mechie, who's like a typical, Love he's he, yeah, he's your in addition to kind of guy, yeah. or you got Calvin Austin, who's a slot nightmare, you know, start stop monster. Um, your, your Tyree Kill, dare I say, kind of option that you're going to look at. One Dale Robinson. Kentucky, another guy that is an absolute uh, nightmare for teams. And if you want a sort of a, a field stretcher, um, you could you could do worse than Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. The wide receiver, he's, again, a li- more of a linear route runner, downfield threat, but, uh, again, fantastic hands and a great catch radius. So you've got, again, options for different types. And in terms of the second-round range, that sort of second-round, George Pickens, David Bell, John Mechie, Calvin Austin, all of those guys are probably second round type values. But it depends upon what we do on the interior of the offensive line because we've got to answer both guard positions and centre. And we do need some depth in free agency at wide receiver. But it's going to be depending upon where we're sitting and how healthy we look in terms of parts in those particular positions. I think will dictate what we do in round two with both of those picks. But I think definitely one of them is going to be a wide receiver. It's going to be one of those alpha types, you know, the legitimate number one
0: wide receiver. Yeah, you've got me fired up for pickings. And if it doesn't happen now, I'm going to blame you. And I'm going to be very upset if it does. Like, I've got my heart set on it. And it's just one of those things.
1: Watch watch uh, the pack. Watch the packers take him in round one. And then we're worried about
0: it. Honestly. Why would you even say a thing like that? Like, why? Because hopefully hopefully that it doesn't happen.
1: That's that's the whole point. If I put it out there, it doesn't happen. And and we're okay.
0: I'm sure there's a quarterback that they're looking at right now to pick. Uh, to, to back up Jordan Love at some point. You know, uh, I, I will say this, though, because last time we were together, which was a week ago, Khalil Mack was traded. It feels like we're on the cusp of something big with Deshaun Watson. Uh, to, to, to change it a little bit, what do we think? Like, I know we talked about this before the show. But where do you think uh, Deshaun Watson is going to end up?
1: I, I think from everything I hear, it's going to be the Saints. So it's going to – it's – that would be the best fit in terms of the pieces that they've got on their offense. Um, other than Tyson Hill, uh, you know, it would make sense to have a, a guy. He would make that offense far more dynamic. It would be a move away from what they had with Breeze. And last year, they didn't have much of anything other than you know, James's resurgence and then subsequent breakdown. Um, but it would make sense. It would make sense in that that sort of nsf South that, for the Saints for them to to have him down there. Um, I think it'd be a better environment for him, you know, providing he can keep himself uh, clean of drama and uh, accusations. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that that will get addressed through the civil courts and and that sort of side of things. There is never, just to be serious for a second, that there's never um, a satisfactory outcome from accusations of that nature. But um Nevertheless, you know, if justice is served in one shape or another for the women making the allegations and and for Deshaun Watson, then if he gets that sorted in behind him, then he can be a good quarterback anywhere. But I do believe it's probably going to be the Saints. And, yeah, it is. and again, in terms of the the weapons that they've got available to them, it, it would it would benefit him. They've got a pretty good offensive line there, which is something he's never had at the Texans.
0: And it would give Dennis Allen an opportunity to really be successful in his second stint as a head coach, which is probably the reason why they're moving so much capital to try to acquire him. I did think it was interesting, though. Mitch Trubisky uh, ended up going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers could have obviously been in the mix for Deshaun Watson. They have dealt with a similar type of situation with Ben Roethlisberger earlier in his career, but instead gone and picked up Mitch Trubisky. I'm of the mind, uh, if, if Mitch would have gone to any other organization, any other franchise, I kind of would have been like, yeah, whatever. Like He, he is who he is. Uh, I think going to Pittsburgh, and maybe I'm, I'm, I'm way off base here, but I'd love to get your thoughts on this. I think that he could have kind of a Ryan Tannehill type resurgence where he's never going to be the best quarterback in the league. He's not going to go out there and throw for 4,500 yards and 50 touchdowns. But I think if you put him in a good organization, surround him with enough talent, he can be successful. What's your take on Mitch Trubisky landing in Pittsburgh?
1: I think the Tannehill com- uh, the comparison is um, a stroke of genius. If you, if you, um, I might like it, it massage your ego a little bit. But I think it's fantastic. Thank you. I need it. it it's, I think it's exactly what Mitch Trubisky needs, which is a strong running game, good play-action game, and using his mobility, which is the thing that Tannehill, with all the turnovers he had in Miami and all mm-hmm. of the you know the inconsistencies he had there, getting with a strong running game, getting with a play-action game, and a coach who's you know calm, competent, keeps people held to account, and you've seen what the the results have been at the Titans since uh, Tannehill went there, and I think that's no different to Trubisky. I think. Trubisky was a victim of circumstance. He should, never should have been taken two overall. It should yep. have been you know, either of the other two QBs that, that went subsequently. But for what he did have, Mitch, when he's not thinking, is a very competent quarterback. So two-minute Mitch was a thing. Legitimately, yeah. it was a thing. Two-minute that- Mitch, when he's not I'm not having to think about the players because he's done them, done them, done them, done them, done them. He's not having to think. He can process them. He can do. Two-minute Mitch was was money, that was money Mitch, but having Mitch having to think and then process and and look at coverages and things like that, not half-field reads, not helping him out with floods and levels, um, all things that Nagy didn't do that competent offensive play callers do, even for people like Aaron Rodgers, you know, we saw those concepts being run by the Green Bay Packers last year, if it works for Rodgers, why wouldn't it work for Trubisky? Yeah. And and you know, it, it, it makes things more simple for a quarterback. So with a competently run team, um it, it, it makes sense. You know, the Steelers are definitely a competently run team. The consistency, yeah. you you can't have that level of consistency without a man at the top who's keeping everybody under him held to account and putting people in positions to succeed where their strengths lie. It's been the same at Belichick and it's the same at Tomlin. Consistent success based upon putting people in a position that suits their skill set best and, and keeping people held to account to know you're on, do your job. So for Mitch Trubisky, eliminate some of the processing, make things a little bit more simplified in terms of reads, and he'll be a more than more than competent comparison to Tannehill. So I think it's, yeah. uh, you know, for the money that they're spent and, and for the opportunity it gives Trubisky, I think it's a great signing all round for them.
0: Yeah, I really hope it works out for him. And again, once he went to the Steelers, you're like, okay. And I, you know what? And I applaud the Steelers for they could have easily taken on the situation that's going on with Deshaun Watson, but they decided to go with somebody else and give him a shot. Perhaps they're drafting a quarterback. He could get Mike Glennon out of there uh, from his starting spot, but I'm glad that he's going to get an opportunity to uh, start for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think for the Bears fans, you know, we should just chill out. Like, you know what? Mistakes were not mistake, but mistakes were made and picks were drafted and whatever. And what, what is in the past is in the past. We can root for Mitch Trubisky moving forward. And, but at any event, geez, Louise, um, I don't want to keep you too long. So I do want to thank you, uh, for, for, by the way, coming back and doing this back to back, it's unheard of, it's unprecedented on the sick podcast with Adam Rank. We've never had, we've never had a repeat guest. I don't think, and I don't think we've had one who, who did back to back. I appreciate you coming on. We appreciate your insight. What else do you got going on in the next couple of weeks? Where can people find you? I know that you're very active all over the uh, the interwebs, but where can people see you next?
1: So the very next show is actually latest today. We're going live and we're doing an all 22 breakdown of um, Larry Ogunjobi and the Guard Center that we we. Of taking in free agency. So that's going to be on um, X's with the O special on the Patreon on the Tape Never Lies Network. So that's thetapeneverlies.com. So what we've seen today with that tape breakdown, it's it's like an extended interactive live um, with the audience um, show where we go through for probably an hour and a half to two hours, literally breaking down the tape. And then Sunday, um, we're back on the draft mob looking at the NFL draft. We actually have um, a defensive tackle, a strike defensive end from Appalachian State coming on as a guest. We're going to look at his tape and interview him live as well. Um, so our audience will be able to take part in that. And that's the next couple of things. And then, you know, hopefully at some point in the future, back on with you again when we've got some more things to talk about. Yeah, um, but I'll, again, I'll, thank, don't you, threaten, thank you
0: for having me on. Don't, don't threaten us with a good time because I'll do it. And I know that Phil and <laughs> chain. listen, I'm not going to take it. Listen, I want, obviously, if, what you saw today is a small piece of what you're going to get on the Tape Never Lies network. They go deeper into it. Phil's a lot smarter than me and asks better questions, so you'll get a more comprehensive look at these guys. We just got a little taste, a little preview. Uh, but we do appreciate you uh, taking the time and breaking down uh, some of these signings. And, of course, as look, the Bears move on through free agency, we will bring you back. You are one just, of our favorites. You're I'm over, by the way. No. You're over. Like that, you didn't know what the phrase over meant. Anybody who, who follows me know that I love using wrestling parlance. And the term over is how wrestlers talk about being very popular. You get a pop from the crowd. I'm over. And it's a thing, and you're like, oh, my God, am I over? Like, you didn't understand it. D'Lo Brown let you down that he never told you what that meant. <laughs> well, th-
1: there is another over. That I can uh, – just a bit of breaking news. It looks like Lael Collins' uh, post-June 1st cut for the Dallas Cowboys. So oh, wow. So, that looks like, looks like that's going through. And, again, he's a guy that has played offensive tackle and guard for the Cowboys, yeah. done both well. So, again – in terms of a free agent pickup that you could uh, you could get without hurting compensation, that's definitely one for the Bears to take a look at. I think he was uh, owed ten million this year. And um, again, with not signing James Daniels, we've got a ten million.
0: It is, yeah. Like he would be a fantastic addition. I got to be honest with you, Dallas Cowboys. You know what? You could have saved yourself a lot of trouble just just release Zeke. Like of all the guys that you should be getting rid of, getting rid of Zeke would have probably saved you a lot of heartache. And you could have kept them. On, I don't know the, the, the cap details, but you could have kept. I would rather have Amari Cooper and Collins over Zeke. But I don't know. What do I know?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably a good idea to have more pieces than less pieces. But just a simple,
0: it's simple a thing. Simple addition. All right. Well, George, thanks again. Uh, thank your wife for letting you uh, coming on again. I know you had it. Listen, it's I understand. I understand the dance that we have to make sometimes so I uh, appreciate you appreciate the misses allowing this and uh, and of course our, our our overlords Phil and Shane for for allowing this as well we love them and uh, thank you so much for being here and we'll talk soon Slum Jevallung absolutely there he goes the great George Bayless aka berlissimo we had to bring him back it's what we had to do we have listen we have guests that are extremely popular we want to bring them back and get their insights and it feels like again listen Sammy tells me. Before we come on to these shows, he's like, rank, keep it a type 20, type 25, and then we're going to be good to go. And then it's 50 minutes in, and I'm like, listen, what do you want me to do? We, I, I cut it short. We're going to talk about this all day. But in any event, go check out George tonight and, and, and Draft Actor Phil and the O's when they're doing the Tape Never Lies Network. Go check them out. Get a deeper dive into some of the players that we were talking about. And, of course, to go back to what we talked about at the top of the show, I do know that we want to we want to be like that meme on Twitter, we're poking the stick, like do see something, realize this is going to be something that plays out. It's like going and seeing the Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League. Sometimes you got to go through it all, see the full process, take some breaks, go watch some college basketball, go enjoy some time with your family, do whatever you got to do. Eventually the, the news will happen when it happens. You don't need to keep refreshing Twitter or anything like that. Keep refreshing this feed though. We do appreciate you liking and subscribing these videos downloading the sick podcast with Adam rank, wherever you download podcasts and all that stuff. So we will be back Tuesday to do a live Q and a once again, the guest TBD. I have not booked that far in advance. I think I do. You know, it's funny is I think I have a guest and I think I forgot who it was, but it doesn't matter. They're going to be awesome. And then we'll be back the following week and hopefully we'll have some more news for you. So. For George Bayless, aka Berlissimo, for Sammy, and for me, thank you so much for checking out this this sick podcast with Adam Rank. And actually, Sammy, why don't you play our animation? And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much. Until next time, follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.